I'm Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to Hard Knock Life. Welcome to Hard Knock Life. I'm Joe. I'm Brittany Monet. Dominic is off this week, but we're here. I'm back. Yes. <laughs> Sorry for missing last week. Thank you for holding it down. The the big Black Panther episode. So you guys, you guys were awesome last week sharing your thoughts. And as well as mourning the loss of Kevin Conroy, which I was unable to, to share some of mm-hmm. my thoughts. I was a huge I mean, as everyone knows, Batman is my guy. And Kevin Conroy was, like everyone else, the voice in my head when I read a Batman comic. But it was yet another tragic week for nerds of 90s properties, because after Kevin Conroy passed last week, this week, Jason David Frank of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers passed over the weekend. And I, full disclosure, was not very much into Power Rangers. It's definitely a pop culture blind spot for me. But I think you were a big fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like, you know, which Batman the animated series? Power Rangers was another thing that, like, you know, I was always heading home to watch that. There was, like, the Beetlejuice cartoon, I think, and I can't remember. I mean, they were all on Fox, too, right? Weren't they, like, the Fox kids? I think so. And then and then I watched, like, you know, like, how they also had the animated, like, Aladdin series and The Little Mermaid. Like, I watched those, too. And obviously the X-Men. But, yeah, Power Rangers. Like, I was the pink Power Ranger for, I don't know, was it in kindergarten? <laughs> and so anyone who knows anything about Power Rangers knows that, you know, the pink Power Ranger, at least the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the pink Power Ranger and the green power ranger who turns into the white power ranger or if i'm misremembering it it's been so long i'm sorry but tommy jason david frank played the green power ranger and the white power ranger i don't know if they're like separate people or it was like i don't know there are some (laughs) storylines i don't fully remember but that being said i also had a crush on tommy as a kid so he was like you know one of the other like little mini crushes i had as a kid and loved him he was always great I never got to meet him but I know he was like one of the people from the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers who always went to fan events always met fans was always very kind to fans from what I know of he was a staple on the convention circuit yeah but he's also just like really like a kind dude he when they did the was it the dinosaur series or he came back like a couple he's come back a couple of times to to basically play the same character over even though i hadn't watched some of the more like you know are all the power rangers in the same continuity again i am Um, it's a complete blind spot for me because i didn't watch all of the other ones after a while it kind of like you know i grew out of it or at least watched i don't mind watching like mighty morphin but i didn't watch any of like the dinosaur one for those who watched iZombie, rose mciver was like a power ranger i never watched it really yeah apparently no idea so Yeah, I just hadn't seen the more newer stuff, but I have seen the movie that came out a couple years ago that was honestly really, really great. And then I did with like Ludi Lin and Naomi Scott. Yeah, it's honestly a really great film that deserved a sequel. And I did see like the short, the one that I don't know if you've seen it, but Katie Sackhoff is in it and she plays Kimberly. It it was like there's a lot of a lot of the only the only tangential connection I have to Power Rangers is that our good friend, friend of the knock. Mm-hmm. Yoshi Sadarso was one of the, I forget which version of Power Rangers, but mm-hmm. he was a Power Ranger. He's actually getting his own action figure later this year. And his brother, Peter, was also mm-hmm. a Power Ranger. So I know that. Other than that, mm-hmm. I have no knowledge. And I know, of course, it was a actually a Japanese show from the 70s that kind of got repurposed to be like a 90s kids, American kids, like staple. Yeah. It's... But other than that, I, I, I have no like the the storylines, the continuity, I'm it's definitely a pop culture blind spot for me. I think you would really like the film that Katie Sackhoff is in, is if you can find it. And it's uh, different people obviously playing the Power Rangers, but it's supposed to be the Mighty Morphin set of uh, Power Rangers, but they are older and they all have like issues and stuff because they were essentially child soldiers when you really like look at the storyline. So that one's really good and it's probably honestly like 
one of my favorite like Power Ranger things. But the movie Mighty Morphin with the uh, Ivan News, who's kind of like a weird purple, like from like the the, the one that came out like a long time ago, not the yeah. reboot. So the movie, the actual movie Mighty Morphin, that movie is great, and I will mm-hmm. watch that movie every time I catch it on TV. And my mom's like, I don't know how many times you've seen this movie. Like, is JDF in that? Yes, he's in that. So they also have someone else as the yellow Power Ranger because originally it was what was her name Tina in the original series. Mm-hmm. She was played the, by the the Asian American actress who passed away. Yes, yeah, and then she got replaced by a black actress. So the black actress was in the movie because I don't remember if it already happened on the show. And or they did the movie sometime after, but that movie is honestly really great. But yeah, he's he always seemed like a really nice guy. I always, you know, he was always one of my favorites. So it's it's sad. I was surprised and I didn't follow up too much on his own personal life over like the last few years. He took his own life. It wasn't a natural cause. Yeah. Yeah. So I had no idea any of that was going on and or wouldn't even I I know a lot of fans didn't either, but like I wasn't even following to like you know, so yeah. I was maybe it's probably better that I hadn't been because I feel like if I had continued to follow him and really like watch his career, I probably would just be even more devastated. It well, I but, mean, it's definitely two weeks in a row, you know, oh, yeah, 90s two, kids, two people icons. Who like, yeah, yeah, like These, you know, like if you grew up, if you were a kid in the 90s, right, like this is like a it's, it's, it's yeah. your childhood, right? It is my so. childhood, it's, it's very sad. Like, like I said, Kevin Conroy was always my favorite Batman over even the live action versions. And Tommy was always one of my favorite Power Rangers. So it's just like, it's, it's, it's very crushing. Well, but, I hope the rule of three doesn't oh, please apply do here. Yeah, because, well, actually, I mean, Aaron Carter, Aaron Carter passed. Yeah. And Aaron so Carter was, was also was someone who. a 90s kid. Yeah. Icon. So yeah. Rule yeah, of three. Is, and Aaron sucks. was actually closer to my age and all of that stuff so i actually just have a poster of them so yeah <laughs> that's again that's the thing about aging too right like i mean of course aaron carter was very young jace david frank was very young and i believe mm-hmm. Ke- kevin conroy had cancer is that what he passed yes. from? so you know like but at the same time the, you know when the icons of your youth leave you it's always yeah. hard to one thing I did, you guys, I don't think you guys mentioned last week when you were talking about Kevin Conroy that I just wanted to throw a quick plug mm-hmm. in is that he wrote a story in a, in the most recent DC Pride anthology about, mm-hmm. like, it was an autobiographical story about Kevin Conroy because he came out recently mm-hmm. and he wrote a story called Finding Batman, which was an autobiographical story about how basically getting the job as Batman allowed him to kind of like live his authentic self and up until that point you know and one thing a lot of folks don't realize is that back in the 80s and 90s it was difficult if you were a gay man to Mm -hmm. be out and get work so it's if you get a chance i would check out the dc pride anthology it's a great you know anthology overall but definitely check out finding batman for kevin conroy's story so i mean yeah definitely (laughs) it's been very I mean that on top of Wakanda Forever, like it's just so much grief. So much grief, and then you know the the main topic of this week's episode is Andor episode eleven, and I feel like that episode was also <laughs> yes. I'm not about trying to laugh, grief. but like it's no, just I mean, like... look, there's a reason they named the droid B two emo because oh, yeah. I swear to God, the, this is the first time in Star Wars a droid made me cry. Yeah, I was sad too. And I was just like, and he was just like, I just want to wait until she gets home. And she's, and I was just like, oh no. Yeah. Just so many, so much stuff in the feels this last few weeks. Like, gosh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what is the universe telling us? Yeah. But, but so let's, let's, let's take it back to episode 11. I mean, this is the penultimate episode. There's only one left. Yeah. And next week's is the finale. And interestingly, one one bit of news that came out over the week was Disney is actually releasing the first three episodes, like that first story arc of Andor mm-hmm. to the masses. Right. It's not just yeah. going to be on Disney Plus. They'll have Hulu, Freeform and ABC, I believe. Like they're going to show that first little mini Andor movie mm-hmm. like to for free for everyone on Thanksgiving. So yep. that's the. 
that's the day after the finale. So like, I guess the hope is they'll release the finale. Everyone who's been watching is going to be God. Oh my God, <laughs> this show is so great, which like you and I mm-hmm. and Dominic have been saying for weeks now. But after the finale, I guess the 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 idea is trying to get build some of the hype because mm-hmm. one unfortunate thing about Andor is that other than like the three of us and a select few other people, it's not the most popular There's Star Wars so- thing. I follow like I would say I follow the right people in the Star Wars fandom for yeah, the exactly. timeline because everyone that I follow loves Andor. Um, even people who maybe weren't huge on like Book of Boba Fett or even Mandalorian. I know some people might be shocked. Yes, there are people who are not fond of those two shows. They really love Andor. So I think that yes, Andor just happens to be some of the best stuff Star Wars has done. And I know that there's a set of people who don't like it because they don't feel like they're being catered to or there's not not enough like pew pew and you know hey there was some pew pew this week though yes but i feel like it's not in the way that they (laughs) yeah of course right 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 you know what i mean i will talk about we'll talk about some of the like it kind of it's not as divisive as last jedi was but it's like it reminds me of last jedi because of like the kinds of themes Mm -hmm. that they're that they're doing and 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 trying to open up the star wars universe to these other kinds of storytelling yeah you know which i think to your point some folks just kind of recoil because it's like well star wars is supposed to be x y and z mm-hmm. but we're going to give you like h b and j <laughs> like we're yeah. not even going to give you like letters on on the alphabet in order right we're going to try to like really mess with you and yeah i, I get why some people wouldn't jive to that but yeah because to it, me it feels like not that it's the same show in terms of like genre but i feel like the way the approach to it it feels like breaking bad to me like, yeah well we've been saying right level yeah. of storytelling you know what i mean this kind of like adult prestige tv yes it's like dominic had a great line a couple of weeks ago it's as if amc did a star wars show yeah exactly. <laughs> you know breaking bad the walking dead Mad Men. it's very much in that kind of like mm-hmm. i mean the, the the quality of the writing of the acting no shade to everyone else who's done star wars but it's just on another level, right? Oh, it's, yeah. It is like, you know, the production value, the the writing, the scripts, everything is just on another level. So let's mm-hmm. let's get into a little bit about the plot. So I mentioned B two emo. the The main thing that happens in this episode is Marva has passed. Yes, and you know she was ill the previous episodes, mm-hmm. the, and the 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 saddest thing that, about it is that Cassian's not aware of it, right? He's too busy mm-hmm. escaping, and. B2 Emo is really like he I guess droids are kind of like pets for for people in Star Wars but yeah it does like remind you of like the the loyal dog who Mm -hmm. waits by his you know owner's side when after the owners passed away you know what I mean and yes he I forget the name of the the friend I like the character but he's the worker who's friends with Andrew I forget his name same he he's Barasso he, or something yes he was really good in this episode too and just I don't know seeing where everyone is at too just where um oh what's her name uh Dorothy from the one <laughs> she's not Dorothy on this show but she played Dorothy on the other show um oh my god what's her name the one that uh is kind of hinted at maybe being Andor's ex oh Bix Bix that's her name uh, I couldn't think you're, of you're right we um let's like, start that over she, again <laughs> what are you trying to say <laughs> um i was gonna say just like where her character started just like oh, yeah going from really kind of like happy and then like just the descent of like what well and then the tort the torture of like let's let's listen to little children die is yeah, yeah. it would it would screw you up too <laughs> yeah just and just everything is it was just like it felt like everything was just extra heavy this episode despite mm. like you know, the funny moments where Andor and the other guy got, like, caught in that weird, like, gooey stuff. Well, and, and at least, look, people complain there are no aliens in, in Andor. You got some <laughs> two really, like, wild-looking aliens, right? Like, yeah. aliens you've never seen in Star Wars before. What I loved about the B2 emo scene, though, is that the first time you're introduced to him in this episode mm-hmm. is what is really cool, really well done. Because I don't think they've ever done this in Star Wars. You get to see from his perspective. 
Yeah. They actually put you inside B2Emo's eye, essentially. And you don't know it at first, right? It just, it's this weird kind of like disorienting thing. And yeah. you see like liquid shaking and you realize because someone has put like a cup of coffee on his head and he's shaking because he's so sad, you know, because they're taking mm-hmm. Marva's body out. And then, you know, later in the episode when we mentioned earlier, Barrasso, he's the only one that's kind of like empathetic to B2 emo, right? Because yeah. like I said, someone else put a coffee on his head, you know, it's like, it's, come on, <laughs> just little guy's mourning, you know, and you're just yeah. treating him like a, an appliance, which again is is very, like very Star Wars, because there are people in Star Wars who just treat droids like crap. And then, yeah. Right. But then he's very empathetic to him and he's like, you know, well, you know, Marvel's got to go now, but we'll be back and we'll check in on you. And then later in the night, he comes back and Emo's like, can you stay? Can you stay the night, please? Yeah. <laughs> well, at first, well, at first he was trying to get him to go with, home with him. Right. And he was like, well, I want to be here for when she comes back. And he's like, you know, that's when the whole she's yeah. not coming back. And then and then he's like, you've been charging all day, buddy. And it was just, yeah, <laughs> it was just all very like just heavy. Right. And the thing is, it's a little, it's a droid. Yeah. Like emoting. I mean, of course, his name is Emo. So what do you expect? Yeah. But like that, I don't know. That's just, I mean, and they've always been able to get away with like, like R2D2, like has always been able to show his yeah. emotions. And it's, that's amazing that you're able to get a performance out of an animate object like that. Yeah. And <laughs> so. better than some other actors and other things. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. We won't name names. But. No, but yeah, <laughs> um, and then the way that Cassian finds out too is just so like yeah, that yeah. I I I wept I wept in that scene when when he's like on the payphone and he's like, I need you to get a message to Marva, you know. Yeah. Yeah, real heavy stuff. Well, let's yeah. talk about like so there are three the three I guess four parallel mm-hmm. storylines as you mentioned, Andor and Melshi I think his name, mm-hmm. which. I think you may, someone may have mentioned this earlier, but like that Melshi dude's in Rogue One. He's one of the rebels that's part of Andor's crew on Scarif. So it's almost like the- That might've been Dom because I don't think I said that. Yeah. So he's definitely like, it's almost like his origin story too, because he's like Mm -hmm. a lieutenant on Scarif in Rogue One. If you go back Mm -hmm. and watch, it's the same actor. It's actually like really like little detail like that, you know? If mm-hmm. you don't think, if you don't pay attention, you're like, oh, wow. And if you go back and watch Rogue One, you're like, oh, that's the same dude. That's <laughs> that's how he joined up. He was. And what I love is that at the end, he's very resolute. And he's like, you know, we got to let the world know about what's happening on that prison. Mm-hmm. And which is a great contrast because the very beginning of the episode, he's like, I can't make it. I can't do this because he's like hanging off a cliff. Yeah. And just that Melchie's story arc within the episode is just like. Tony Gilroy and he Tony Gilroy wrote this particular episode. Yeah. Like what give him the keys to the Star Wars universe, right? Because yeah. to be able to do that in 45 minutes, come on. Yeah, I I do like I really like what Tony Gilroy is doing. And I wish Brian Johnson got to do more because I really do think that The Last Jedi is beautiful. And Deborah Chow, too, obviously, because I think Kenobi too is one of the stronger shows. Um live action shows and mandalorian i love it for the most part um then book of, book of boba fett had that one episode that was just like yes the, the mandalorian gonna... <laughs> the, the yeah, one episode the, that was uh, the mandalorian the episode two the the one that was directed by i want to say her name was something green um the episode where it was just kind of like uh you kind of where we saw how he got like the staff or oh, whatever. Oh right, right, right. Where it was that mostly episode. flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that episode is so great, and I was just like, like, I don't know if it's like it's obviously a combination of the script and the director, but like that team needs to go and do more Star Wars. But I don't know about the whole like book about yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on, but it's but, like I mean, the joke I was making is that like if not that, but you're right. Episode I forgot about episode two where he meets the 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 sand people and where he meets the tuscan raiders and becomes like part of their tribe and all that but then like after that episode it kind of just like meanders for a while and then it like literally just becomes an episode of the mandalorian and then yeah. that's the, like the other best episode of the season like boba fett's not even in it it's like literally following din Jaren. and you're like wait is this mandalorian season three already <laughs> yeah but, but- 
there has been some great stuff in Star Wars. I just wish, yeah, like they stopped catering to that one set of fandom. Um, you know what I hope? Since uh, Glass Onion's coming out pretty soon, mm-hmm. and Jessica Henwick is one of the stars yes. of Glass Onion, maybe Ryan Johnson's trilogy should just be about Jess Pava and Rose Tico, like just running roughshod across the galaxy together. I would and be Thelma and Louise. I, hey, I would watch that. That's what I want. That's what I like. Ryan Johnson, his trilogy is Jess Pava and Rose Tico, just driving off cliffs all over the gal. <laughs> I, I would watch that. Um, yeah, I I really do though. Like we said, Andor is definitely up there for some of the best that Star Wars has done. And then um, what's the one guy? Is his name Creel? No, that doesn't sound right. The um, the like. A former officer guy he living with his mama i always forget his name oh yes uh cyril cyril, cyril. okay cyril something cyril yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um he, he stole her credit card he's off to go and <laughs> you know well that's it's all like coming to a head like everyone's going to be showing up on ferrix in the finale because andor's yep. coming back to mm-hmm. the funeral is the big like set piece apparently right that's where yeah all of the f- chess pieces are are, are moving and so, yeah, so, like, there are a couple storylines that are happening. There's, of course, Andor and Melshi escaped. They mm-hmm. they got out of the prison. We don't know what happened to Andy Circus. I think, like, you guys are speculating. The tragedy of that episode is that he's the one who leads them out. And then he gets to the edge and is like, I can't swim. And then yeah. we, we probably won't ever return. You know, it's just that's the kind of, like, again, that's the kind of great storytelling, though. It's, like, the 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 tragic story of... Kylo, mm-hmm. not Kylo, Kilo, Ki, whatever, Kino. Kino. <laughs> I like how we're Kino all Loy. messing up everyone's Yeah, name. it doesn't matter. Kino <laughs> Loy. And, and so, but they got out. As you mentioned, they get caught by these two alien fishermen. And you think they're going to like eat them or something. Mm-hmm. But they're like, we hate the Empire too. Where do you need to go? We'll help you. And they, and they, and they help them escape. <laughs> the other storyline that's, that's very tense is about Mon Mothma like what I didn't realize going into yeah. the series is that all the Mon Mothma stuff would be about like her home life yeah. you know like you think it's a lot of like political intrigue and it is but like most of it is just like her kind of re- her rebelling one against her customs and traditions because mm-hmm. what we didn't realize until this episode I think is that like the tension between her and her daughter is more that her daughter is very She's almost like super religious mm-hmm. and very like for the, you know, traditions. Like they had that weird chanting in the room and yes. everything. And then the tragedy of her, like kind of arranging her daughter's marriage. Yeah. What makes it even more tragic. I think her daughter would would, would be like happy about it. Yeah. Like, you know what on, I mean? Well, on like, you know, the whole like. What was the saying? Like she thinks it's all good. Or that's what I think should be. Then I don't know. She might not like having an actual arranged marriage, but yeah, it. I mean, right. But but she's like it's like that kind of you know because like the chanting is like we're safe in the braid and everything cannot like just destroy our bonds and we must follow our traditions. You know what I mean? Like like the yeah. weird kind of chanting. And and I think but what what's interesting is that you you know you kind of know that like they don't get along and her mom is doing her best for her daughter and her daughter's kind of like a little shit most of the episode most of the series but then you realize the big tension is because like mon mothma doesn't believe in their traditions but like it was a little scene a couple weeks ago where she's like i don't drink the worm drink Mm -hmm. even though that's a chandrillan delicacy and now she's like i don't i don't arrange my children's marriages and that creepy dude was like but that's what that's how our customs are you know like she's she's kind of like secretly rebelling against her own customs yeah and then it's also just like how much of that is she willing to sacrifice to also be able to take out the empire and yeah i mean eventually we know so she's gonna give in to something at some point um, right so i don't know yeah because she has to become mon mothma that we see first in rogue one and then mm-hmm. eventually in return of the jedi so there's that storyline that's happening of course there's luthan's storyline where yeah. He's finally comes clean to Saul Guerrero, which I was actually happy to see Forrest Whitaker back because I thought yeah, I we thought were just going to get one and, one and done. 
Mm-hmm. And he's about to go in and do what Luthen wanted last week and, and help the Krieger dude. Mm-hmm. And then and then Luthen tells him, well, actually, he's walking into a trap and I actually don't want you to help him. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so I was just like, make up your mind. <laughs> yep. And then who and and but then what I like too is that it kind of plants the seed of if you're not familiar with the Saw Guerrero character outside of Rogue One, like if you never watched mm-hmm. Clone Wars, it plants the seed of like, oh, this is where his paranoia comes from. Right. I can't trust anyone. And because by the time you see him in Rogue One, he's like, I don't trust anybody. And because mm-hmm. like Luthen is a he, he put his trust in a, in a spy essentially. And that was a great like anytime you put Stellan Skarsgård and Force Whitaker in a scene together, it's going to be great. But what did you think of Luthen's uh, space battle? Because this is the first space battle we get in. in yeah, Andor. it was really cool. Like I was just like, oh no, this is this going to be the end of Stellan Skarsgård? And I was like, no, he said he was filming season two, so I was like, it can't be, or at least, <laughs> or at least like maybe he'll come back in flashbacks, you know? So I was like, okay, he'll probably get out of this at least um but yeah it was really cool I didn't think I wasn't sure if a ship would have been able to take the the other one but he did it <laughs> so I've, I've read some speculation like he's got this real cool thing where he's his ship does two really cool things one is mm-hmm. he's caught in a tractor beam and the way he gets out is that he releases like it looks like he just releases a bunch of like shards of metal and then the mm-hmm. tractor beam kind of sucks them up really fast and kind of destroys their radar dishes because it's yeah. like not expecting the these little pieces to be because it's not like he's shooting like missiles at them they just like releases no. basically junk and it kind of like unexpected it, it's a great metaphor because it's like you know it's like how the revolutionary war happened right like the british army was all kind of prim and proper and then the american revolutionaries were just kind of like jumping out of trees and like it's like yeah, the ewoks really. hitting you with rocks you know right it's very guerrilla warfare mm-hmm. but the other cool thing that a ship does and i'm like wait is this ship a giant double-bladed lightsaber? What's because <laughs> he's got like the two, yeah, like laser blades that shoot out. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was it was a dope scene. But I'm kind of like, can you put lightsabers on spaceships now? And if so, where where why? Well, do you it, would, it would be a, a kyber crystal, so I'm sure is, there's a way to utilize it to do that. But is it? And it was red. So what does that mean? <laughs> is he really a Sith? No, I'm I'm not really thinking that. There's already crazy like Star Wars theories. Oh yeah, there's already there's people who, like I said, said that Andy Circus is um <laughs> what ends up being the prototype for yeah, Snoke. For, so. Right. He doesn't jump off the thing and they catch him and they just turn him into Snoke, and that's his origin story. But that's is that how it ends? No, it ends because it ends Andor's back on Space Miami. Yeah, with the yeah, and with the phone call basically. He was in prison for a while. Are we just saying that like the the housekeeping staff of that hotel just like never cleans the top of the shelf of, in the bathroom or yeah, <laughs> it wasn't but it like was it was like it was, was it hidden that under uh like was it hidden? Because that it, it seemed yeah, it like was it like was like just kind of laying there. When you have those ceilings that have like the um tile or something the movable tile i don't know what you call it oh okay that's what it was so he put it up like there so it's okay like, it, it, it threw me for a second because i was and like did he just leave it on the top shelf and no one <laughs> no one looked at it for like six months that's what it looks like but i could be wrong yeah no it's all good i mean the fact that he had not just credits but like blasters in there too i'd be like damn he was <laughs> he was really well he wasn't expecting to get arrested either so that's true like yeah, he was out. He was just out getting pizos and got got pulled over. Wrong place, wrong yeah. time. Fit the description and all that. Yeah. So yeah, what do you have any uh, speculation for next week? Since we are at the end, and as you said, there's one more season to go. So it's not like this episode is going to push him into becoming the Andor we see at the beginning of Rogue One. He still has a whole twelve episodes to get to that point. Well, I think what? I think that whatever happens is really gonna officially push him to becoming the andor that we meet um because then i feel like the next season will just probably be him really building up more to forming the alliance yeah but i feel like the um, the like uh, is it the inciting incident to make him like become or become on that path that it has to happen like he was already kind of there but 
whatever's gonna happen next episode will be it um i think just the fact that the the empire is kind of using marva's funeral to lay the trap i think that's going to push him over the edge I you know it's so. one thing to be like ambushed there but then mm-hmm. realizing that like wait this is my mother's funeral you like that's sick that you're using this to kind of drop you know what i mean like yeah takes it personal you know mm-hmm. yeah God, this, I, I i audibly said when the episode ended like god damn this is a good show <laughs> like yeah. i'm sitting by myself on the couch and i'm not talking to anybody but like i couldn't help it and yeah, and no. i i'd cried earlier when when emo was you know sad mm-hmm. so it was just like this is such a good show it's a shame it's over i'm oh i know pretty much nothing else to look forward to on disney plus for a while i know but anyway oh well wait we the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's Christmas true. Special. When is that out? That comes out next week. That comes out the same week. I think oh. the Thanksgiving. Okay. So we'll talk about that next week and the finale and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Well, let's take a break. I don't know what else can we talk about when we come back from the break. I know what we can talk about okay. since you mentioned the holidays. We can maybe give some potential holiday gift suggestions. Anything. And, you know, maybe that's what we'll do. I don't know. We'll see. Let's take a break and find out. Guess what? Goalie Nutrition is sponsoring Hard Knock Life. And you can go to goalie.com to buy apple cider vinegar gummies. They're ashwagandha gummies, super fruit gummies, and super greens gummies. And you get 10% off plus free shipping if you use the code HARDKNOCK at goalie.com. This is honestly, I've been taking the goalie gummies now for, for a couple weeks. And I have to say... They're tasty, and they're good for you. Have you guys been enjoying the goalie gummies? I really like them. They're yummy, but it's a nice to add to my, like, routine of already, like, I normally take just straight vitamin C, so it's nice to have, like, extra supplements. For a long time, people have, have praised the benefits of apple cider vinegar, and, you know, as someone who's had to, like, drink straight apple cider vinegar sometimes when I'm not <laughs> feeling well, or, you know, I have a, some joint pain, and your mom is like, drink some apple cider vinegar. Mm. It's not the most appetizing home remedy let's just say it tastes horrible like the apple cider part is like ooh, does it taste like apple cider and it's like no it tastes like vinegar but acv is very good for you and the fact that goalie has been able to put the acv into these tasty little gummies made with pectin and fruit peels which make them vegan which is cool so if you're vegan you can still rock these gummies because everyone knows gummies are usually made out of like gelatin and nasty shit. This These are made out of complete non-GMO, gelatin-free, gluten-free, vegan ingredients. And you can get the benefits, all of the benefits of apple cider vinegar taking these tasty, delicious, convenient gummies. So go to goalie.com and use the code HARDNOCK. That's H-A-R-D-N-O-C, just like the podcast you're listening to. Get 10% off your purchase of goalie products and free shipping. It's a much better delivery device for that apple cider vinegar. Yeah. These goalie gummies are great. You get it and it's it's a delicious little candy. And I've been enjoying the super fruits one. I did feel kind of refreshed after taking a few of those. Yeah, no, but I'm loving them so far and they're definitely tasty. If you just want tasty gummies, at least just (laughs) eat them for the the, the yummiest. Yeah. Yeah. So go to goalie.com, use the code HARDNOCK, H-A-R-D-N-O-C, get 10% off your purchase and free shipping at goalie.com with the code HARDNOCK. So we're back. Just so you guys know, we're we're going to be going on hiatus soon. We're going to finish up Andor next week. As we mentioned before the break, we're going to talk about the finale of Andor, the Guardians holiday special. And then after that, we're going to formally take a break from at least the weekly episodes will come back in January after the holidays, but there may be like a one-off here and there between now and January, but we're going to just try to like, you know, enjoy, enjoy our families and our friends during the holidays as, as you know, stuff starts kind of like waning anyway, when it comes to like the nerd stuff that we are talking about and we'll gear back up in January, but in light of not being around as much in the next couple months, I thought, we could give some suggestions for some cool things that are coming out potentially that you may want to get for your loved ones or that favorite nerd in your life. So Brittany, is there anything that you have your eye on that you think would make an awesome kind of like nerdy NOC kind of gift that you would want to give the folks in your 
circle. Well, I would say more for me, what I would want. Or, or that. Yeah, you um, can always reach out. I'm sure she can put a P.O. box in the, <laughs> on um, social media. I would really like uh, any of the phase two books for the High Republic that are out now, which I haven't bought any yet because as everyone knows, I have my high pile of books to get through. <laughs> but that would make a perfect gift for me is um, the phase two High Republic books. And um, I actually really wanted the uh, Duke, the Duku book, I think, or I think it might be an audio drama instead. I don't know, but that would be really cool too. And there's some really, really cool, like um, Lounge Fly, if you know that brand, they have mm-hmm. some really cool, like different purses and backpacks going on and they have it for all your nerdy things. So, you know, just from a girly perspective, that's like, good too or you know men can use backpack in person yeah sure but yeah the you know there's always like makeup brands that do their nerdy collaborations too if you're looking for other gifts i know there's a a mac and a wakanda forever right limited makeup series too so that could always make a great gift for someone yeah well we'll put at least for the high republic books we'll put amazon affiliate links so you can not only buy those books for Brittany or someone in your in your own circle. But you can also support the Nerds of Color by shopping at the Amazon affiliate links that we're going to put in the description below. I'll, I'll just plug a couple of Blu-rays that are coming out this week. The Criterion Collection, if you're not familiar, the, it's this like boutique-y uh, home video collective. And they typically, you know, get director approved uh scans of, of of classic films and usually like art house films but this week a whole bunch of like really awesome movies are coming out on criterion for the first time one criterion and disney have teamed up for the first time and they're putting out a wally blu-ray 4k dvd coming out this week they're also putting out a malcolm x blu-ray 4k with you know spike lee direct Spike Lee approved transfer. It's going to be like the best that movie's ever looked on home video with a bunch of extra special features. And and of course, the the other thing that I want to plug is the Inferno Affairs trilogy, which is the original Hong Kong movie starring Tony Leung from Shang-Chi. If you're familiar, if if you've never seen a Tony Leung movie, watch Infernal Affairs. It's basically, it's the Hong Kong movie that The Departed was based on. The entire trilogy is available on Blu-ray from the Criterion Collection. So those three things all come out this week. So if you're like a fan, your wallet just took a hit this week. If you, if you ordered all of that, if you haven't ordered yet, you can, again, and we'll put the affiliate links down in the description. But those all three come out this week and they make great gifts. So if you're into Pixar, like again, this is a, this is historic because Pixar and Disney have never collaborated with the Criterion Collections and Wally being the I first think one. Martin Scorsese actually runs Criterion, and he's obviously made some comments about certain things that Disney does. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I would say that Criterion is really good to support if you can, because um, you know you can't guarantee that these streaming services are going to yeah. be around forever. So having physical media is just as important. Um, Shout out to physical media for sure. So, because again, I mean, you never know what can happen with uh, we want to say that everything is safe digitally, but you can't guarantee that in streaming. So, if there's certain uh, things that are really your favorite, get the physical media of it. Um, and Criterion helps with that, especially with stuff that, um, you know, is harder to find. So, yeah. Criterion is really good, yeah, absolutely. And, and as you know, like in the in a post hbo max warner brothers discovery world where they can yep. just go oh nope that 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 thing you were waiting to stream it's not there anymore better mm-hmm. go find the blu-rays because exactly you're not gonna it's not guaranteed to be there so yeah so check out like i said check that out in the description below help out the nerds color while you're at it because if you buy your these gifts for your friends using the link we'll we'll get a portion of the proceeds and you're helping us out as well as you're buying awesome gifts for your loved ones. So with that, Brittany, anything else nerd popping for you this week? Yes. So um, if anyone's been following my Twitter and I'm also on Hive now, um, 
I uh, started watching Guillermo del Toro's uh, Cabinet of Curiosities. Yeah. Which, if you don't know what it is, it's kind of akin to like the Twilight series where, or Twilight Zone, uh, not Twilight series, sorry, the Twilight Zone where <laughs> it's basically. Different... <laughs> it's not the Twilight series. <laughs> no. It's very different. Um, though there may be actually the episode that I just uh, watched, which is called, which is called, um, I think, uh, Witch House or something, is directed by Catherine Hardwick. Who of the Twilight, Twilight series? So there you go. Which, there is is the first, which is the best um, Twilight movie? Is the first one is the best one, but um, it's really cool. Each episode has different cast, has different uh, director, um, or sometimes different writers, or they're based off of different like short stories and different things. And it's really cool. Um, Rupert Grant was also in the episode that Catherine directed. If uh, those who used to like Harry Potter or still like it, but are you know very against everything that jk stands for <laughs> uh rupert is in it. it it was really a fun episode and the one before that um was because i tweeted if you saw my tweet that it said crazy like seeing uh ben barnes and crispin glover in the same thing um they were really good in their uh show episode so i would highly recommend at least watching it for that episode because it was just so good Oh my God, it was great. And I just love Ben Barnes. Um, Prince Caspian is just, he's great. He's the, also in Shadow and Bone. He's the, the yes, Dark Lord on Shadow. Have oh, are you, have you started it? You've started I started it, it. And then like, I don't know, it was kind of too slow for me, but I'm going to try to watch. I know, I got to try to You know, Louis Tan's in season two. I know. I got to try <laughs> to watch it again because like, I just, I really like Ben Barnes. So I'm just like, I need to watch it. And then, there's a part in the episode where Ben has like um like kind of like silver in his hair and I'm like hmm could he be a Reed Richards but I still uh, would prefer a person <laughs> of color to be Reed Richards but just yeah well know. you mentioned last week you know I uh my my fan cast is Will William Jackson Harper so you might you might be you might Chidi be right. and uh, we'll see he's in oh. Quantumania in a uh, secret role and like if he's just playing some rando scientist, why would you make it a secret? That's all I got to say. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? If if William Jackson Harper's playing, or not even like a rando character, right? You don't cast someone like him as a rando. Let's say he's not playing Reed Richards, but he's playing, mm-hmm. I don't know. What's another character in the Marvel Universe? Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Something that, uh, something that would fit him, I can't think off the top of or, my head. Or, you know, let, let's, just, let's just say he's, what if he's playing Doctor Doom? which would also be dope, but if he's playing Victor Von Doom, mm-hmm. you would just come out and say, well, well, that's true. That You would keep that a secret too. Never mind. My yep. point is like, if he's playing like someone that's not that important, they would just say who he's playing. You know what I'm saying? Like Harrison Ford is playing Thunderbolt Ross. They don't say Harrison Ford in some undisclosed part. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So why would you say William Jackson Harper, which, I'm not the only dude who thinks he should be Reed Richards, well, right? Well, a lot like, of he's people a do. Very popular but I fan I remember cast. him saying, now I don't know if he was already cast and couldn't say anything, but he was like, I don't want to play another smart character like that again. Yeah. Well, and like, I remember him saying, like, I don't want to be in a Marvel movie. That's why I don't want to be Mr. Fantastic. But, like, he's in a Marvel movie, so it's like... Yeah, maybe he's Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, yeah, just watch that show. It's, it's so yeah. good. I really yeah, like sorry it. to take you off. Uh, no, but yeah, William just, Jackson Harper. I just want to say that show is so fun. Um, lots of different people that you will recognize throughout. Um, F. Um, F. Murray Abram was in the episode called The Autopsy. Um, Sebastian Roche, who, if you are a Supernatural fan, he is in like one of the episodes. Oh, actually, Tim, Tim Blake Nelson is in that same episode with him. Um, so there's a lot of different people who have been popping up in the um, show so far it's really great I think I have a few more to go and I'm done but yeah I just started that like the other day and I've been watching at least two a day yeah awesome well guess what's nerd popping for me I as I mentioned I wasn't on last week but I did see Wakanda forever mm-hmm. so that's still that's still a big deal for me I haven't had a chance to really talk about it like I, I mentioned before we started recording you guys kind of covered mm-hmm. everything the only thing that I wanted to say was and I guess it's been it's been out two weeks now, so like don't need the spoiler alert at this point. <laughs> but I loved the mid-credit sequence. Yes. I loved meeting Toussaint, aka 
T'Challa. And what I think is for everyone who was like, boycott the movie, recast Mm T'Challa. Like they did it in the most elegant way you could imagine. Yeah. Because we we had speculated they'll they'll do some multiverse thing when then they can bring in whoever, John David Washington, whoever, right, as T'Challa. And it'll be just some like alternate version of it. But what I think what they're doing with introducing his son mm-hmm. is they get to keep it. He's not just a different version. He's Chadwick's son. Yes. You know what I mean? Even if yeah. then you can recast, you can recast, you can still pull him from the future because like, I, I know I've seen people complain, well, I don't want to wait 12 years for another Black Panther. No one is saying you're waiting for that kid to grow up. Yeah. Just, you know, they have now paved a way to do all the, bring him, like you said, pull him from the future. Or, you know. And he'll be, he'll be, the future T'Challa will be the son of Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa and not just some random T'Challa. And I think that is the most elegant way you could do the recast without recasting. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. And that is, that's what I mm-hmm. really appreciated about that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I you guys covered everything. Like, Tina Huerta's Namor is, I hope he has a bright future in the MCU yes. because... And not just in the MCU, outside as well. Well, yeah, Tina Huerta, of course, I think, well, well he, he's, he's the breakout star in the film. But I'm just saying, like, we need more Namor yes. in, in the MCU. Yes, the only do. worry I have is that unless they bring in an indigenous or a Latinx director, I can't see the other directors in the MCU pool being able to pull off Talokan the way Ryan Coogler and his team no, was able to. And I think also you need, and then we have to be aware that there is colorism and, um, you know, anti-blackness and whatnot within the Latinx community. Um, so it would also be someone who is aware of that because uh, he's talked about it on stuff where like- Well, that's, what, yeah, I mean, tw- I mean that's people, the thing, right? You, you, Huerta is like saying- People like me don't get to be leads in Mexico, no, yeah. much less in these in this global phenomenon like Marvel. Yeah, that's I mean, what I mean. Like, yeah, to to have Namor be more prominent in the MCU would require the MCU, Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige to bring in Indigenous and Latinx, particularly indig- Latinx, Indigenous Latinx people. Yes, to to helm. A Namor, because like I'm my, I guess what I'm saying, I want a Namor movie. I, I think we just need a whole ass movie about Talokan, and mm-hmm. and and lastly, I'll say like they just released a poster of Letitia in the Black Panther costume. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they even had to like keep that a secret to begin with. Like it was just unnecessary speculation about maybe it's Okoye, maybe it's yeah. Lupita, maybe it's Bramonda, like. Just say it was going to be Shuri. Like, I don't know why that was mm-hmm. supposed to be such a mystery. Um, oh, and one last, sorry. I know I said I had one thing to say about, but That's clearly funny. I've missed being on last week. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the Midnight Angels. If there was one critique I had about the movie is I thought they wasted the Midnight Angels. Because in the comics, Aneka and Io mm-hmm. are the angels. And it's touched on very briefly in the movie that they're a couple. Mm-hmm. But they're very much a couple in the comics, and they're the Midnight Angels to get. Okoye didn't need to be the other Midnight Angel. Like I was kind of like, why is Okoye and Aneka the angel? Why not just let it be Aya and, and Aneka? But you know, whatever. They needed to give Denai something to do. But I just thought that was such a waste that they could have saved that for another movie, maybe. Because yeah. Michaela Cole doesn't really do anything. In I the know, movie. and she's so great, which is like. It's unfortunate because she's so great and then she gets but when she's there she's great which is nice um but yeah she should have had more to do but you know it also depends on how much also what what exactly did ryan write and what exactly did they film and then what exactly did kevin feige was like we're not gonna let this pass or even disney could have been like we're not gonna let this pass you know so who knows what happened but um, and I'm not trying to start like a release Ryan cut or whatever. <laughs> release the Kugler cut. I'm not trying to start that. <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, we don't know what gets missed from it or, you know, 
but I still yeah. overall like I really thought it was cool and she I wish but yeah I wish she had more to do but uh, the scene with Denai and Angela is just like yeah some of the best oh, one other one other critique I I don't think they needed to kill Ramonda like I, and I Angela Bassett that. didn't didn't want to be killed off either right? oh I didn't right. know that okay yeah so I I think because the main thing I think it was unnecessary is that you're already mourning T'Challa. Yeah, that's why that movie is so, just very heavy. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you have the power to not have to put tack on another tragedy to Shuri. I mean, I get it. Like, she feels like she's the now. She feels like she's the only. That's what makes the Prince T'Challa scene so affecting too. It's like she's not yes. the last, right? But still, like. It's you didn't so... have to kill her off. That seemed yeah. that seemed a little excessive to me. But you know, what's what's done is done. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's the pod for this week, Brittany. How can people find you on social media? Yeah, so I'm obviously still on Twitter. Like I said, I'm going down with the ship at uh, Hi Brittany <laughs> Monet. And um, so there is a new social media platform called Hive. Um, so it looks like a little like bee. Um, if you see it and it's literally kind of like Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram had a baby but on your profile you can have a profile song like MySpace so it's like Instagram Twitter Tumblr and MySpace had a baby yes yes it's (laughs) it's really fun I like it Um, and they're also a platform that is about making sure that um, right now there's only two people actually like running the whole like thing in terms of servers and all that stuff so be patient with them but they are trying to make sure that is a safe space for people of color and people in the lgbtq community and even like you know for fat people they said they're gonna uh, hunt down any thin spoke you know thin inspiration posts if you've heard of that so um it really looks like it's a very nice community-based kind of great place to be on social media so Obviously, if you're someone who has an issue with that, you're not going to like Hive, but... Which is the right. point. Yeah, which is, which is the, the point. point. Because Twitter's become another version of 4chan, basically. And yeah. that's why that's why we're, we're looking for Twitter alternatives. You can follow me on Twitter at the real Chow for now. The underscore real underscore Chow And at RealKeithChow. Instagram, follow Nerds of Color, at the Nerds of Color. Everywhere, including Hive. Apparently, there's a Nerds of Color Hive account. So we have that. We even have a Mastodon, but I don't think that's going to stick around. I'm not going over there. And it's confusing. Yeah. (laughs) But Instagram, (laughs) YouTube, basically just type the Nerds of Color in any social media platform and we'll probably be there. You can follow our videos at youtube.com slash the Nerds of Color and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Nerds of Color. Go to hardknockmedia.com to find us and all the podcasts in the network and give us a rating and a review if you do. That's it for this week. Until next time. Mighty Morphin. There you go. R.I.P. J.D.S.